Do you feel politically homeless, lost in the chaos of modern politics, not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast, episode 14. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNS studios located in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Well, folks, episode 14, we're almost to the finish line for this year. Our goal was to get 15 episodes in, and uh, fortunately, we're going to make it. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday and we'll enjoy this podcast and our interview. Once again, we're back on elections, and we're back on how important it is to vote and the defining 2020 vote of our lifetime that many of us believe will be one of the biggest elections of all of our lifetime that's coming up here in about 11 months. So joining us today is Ms. Carolyn Cox, who has been uh, recently elected to the Rutherford County uh, election commission and um, we look forward to our interview with Carolyn I'm Stephen Reynolds the man in the middle and we'll be right back To the Man in the Middle podcast, episode 14. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, and joining me today is my good friend, Miss Carolyn Cox. Carolyn, welcome to the Man in the Middle. Thank you so much, Stephen. Now, Carolyn, you were recently elected to the Rutherford County Election Commission as one of the representatives for the Democratic Party. Yes. Well, congratulations on that. Thank first you. First off, so I, I've lost both elections I ran in. So hey, I, well, this was an appointed position. So okay, I was lucky enough. The Rutherford County Democratic Party wanted to make a change. Yep. And so I, along with um, one of my good Democrats, Miss Judy, uh, got yep. an opportunity to step into those positions, and we are really excited about being there. Yeah, I know that the the folks that I talk to in the Democratic Party are very excited about you and Judy both being there and the representation that you bring there um, uh, for the party. And and so that folks understand there are typically two representatives from each party. Correct. Well, there are typically two, uh but whoever the... Majority party is always has a third individual okay. who's kind gotcha. of the chair. Gotcha. So. so the Republicans have three and the Democrats have two in Correct. Rutherford County. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure I understand that. And and the whole purpose of that is to ensure fair and free elections in Rutherford County. Correct. That's awesome, Carolyn. So there's other things, and we'll get back to the Election Commission here in a second, but you're also the fundraising chair for the local NAACP. Yes, I am. And so uh, what what is the NAACP up to, Carolyn? What have you guys been focusing on? And I know that uh, that's where I, you and I met was at an NAACP function, I believe. Absolutely. Right now, um, the NAACP is really focused in on the 2020 elections, okay. helping individuals get registered to vote, right. understanding what those processes are, and doing everything that we can to get 
people out and to exercise their right to vote. You know, you've been doing this for a while, haven't you, Carol? I have. Yeah. And, and Tennessee, is. if you've listened to our podcast in the earlier episodes, we talk about the voting record and the abysmal voting record in Tennessee, how we went from top 10 in the country in voter participation to, I believe, we're either 48th or 49th now in voter participation. So it's been a tough uh, tough sledding out there for you. Would you agree, Carolyn? It has. Mm-hmm. It has. I mean, I think that there are a number of factors that have has created that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've Murfreesboro, Rutherford County has grown by leaps and bounds. Right. So we've got a lot of people that are new to the area. Absolutely. And we've got to make sure that people know and understand why their vote is so important. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that those new people that are coming in are getting registered to vote know what our processes are so that they can do exactly that exercise their right yeah and and uh, i think that's fantastic you're, you're hitting it on two fronts carolyn you you know you hit it with the naacp with the election commission um so that's do you think that we're going to have trouble turning people out in 2020 we're only 11 months away you know um there's a lot going on in washington there is for sure and because this is you know we've got the federal election as well i think that the things that they are seeing in washington is going to motivate individuals to actually come out and make a change i do too i really believe that there is an undercurrent um, regardless of which side people fall on, I think people are very motivated to vote right now. Absolutely. And, um, you know, given the nation-state interference mm-hmm. that we had from the Russians, from the Chinese, from the Iranians, that is not a hoax. Right. This is true. If you if you don't believe the 25 intelligence agencies of the United States and the FBI and that somehow they made up the story, I, we can't help you. I Would agree. you agree with that, Kim? Absolutely. Yeah. So so we know these nation states are attacking our election process. And, and so as a result, the only counter to that for me is this massive turnout. Would you agree? I agree. And, you know, and not only that, but when you look at social media is so relevant. And there's so much disinformation that's out there. It's like a propaganda machine. So it is really important that people know and understand what the facts are, to to know who their candidates are. Yes. Who do you best align with? Mm -hmm. And then make sure that you're registered. And not only that you register to vote, but that you go out on Election Day or you know, exercise early voting and actually make a selection and make a decision about what happens with our country over the next four years. Exactly. So, Carolyn, let's let's talk about registering to vote. How does someone and we we've covered this with in other podcasts, but how do you register to vote? What's the easiest way to register to vote in the state of Tennessee? Easiest way to vote is to go to Rutherford County Elections or electioncommission.com or dot org. And you can do it over the over your phone. Uh You can grab your laptop and you can register that way um, or you can do it the old-fashioned way you can pick up an uh, a form mm-hmm. fill it out mail it in and you're good to go uh, once you've done that the election commission will send you a a little card that says that you're a registered voter um, and you want to make sure that again you go out and vote if you're a first-time voter you want to make sure that you've got a government issued ID 
to bring with you for the first time. Um, and it is it is so, so easy now. There, there are even little QR codes that you can take a picture of and it takes you right to the site. So yeah. it, it has never been easier to register to vote. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and so this lack of participation that we see from the citizens of Rutherford County or from all over the state of Tennessee, it's not because it's not easy to vote. Right. There are I think there are lots of factors that play into that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think that over the years we've kind of gotten complacent. Mm-hmm. But we really can make a difference. If you look at all of the elections all over the country, people that exercise their right to vote actually shows some really positive, you got positive turnout and you've got some elections that have gone in the manner in which I would like for them to go. Yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> right. Uh, so your vote really does matter, and it can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's, uh, Carolyn, we've got everything. We're registered to vote. Uh, we've talked in the previous podcast about how important it is to vote, um, about the sacrifices that have been made to give Americans the right to vote. Mm-hmm. So voting day is here. Election day is here. How easy is it to vote in Rutherford County now? You know, it cannot be any easier. The thing that I love about Rutherford County is that you can vote anywhere. We've got 28 different um, election places that you can go to. Right. And you can choose to go to one that's closest to your home, that's closest to your work. If you're coming in from Nashville and you're stopping in Laverne or Smyrna, there are so many, there are different places that you can go. So you're not obligated to going to one polling location. To to that one precinct. Exactly. And and this was a pilot program that Rutherford County ran during the last election cycle. And I think that it was very successful. It was very successful. Now, when you get your card, your card will say a particular place, but it's the poll is the it's the precinct that's actually closest to your home. But you can vote anywhere okay. in Rutherford County. If you're going to the gym off a of memorial, you know, and you got just a few minutes, you can go over there. You are not obligated to a place. Right. Vote wherever you like in Rutherford County. Do you think folks drive around looking for the shortest lines, Carolyn? That, that, let's hope that's the problem. You know what? That would be wouldn't that be a great problem to have? Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, but you know, even in that, um, even when I've gone to vote and and I wasn't an election uh, an election commissioner, lines were not really a problem, especially if you use early voting. Mm-hmm. And early voting is so is so important, and and it's easy and you don't yes. have to deal with election day lines yes i'll tell you uh, from a candidate perspective really what early voting did was move election day up to the first day of early voting we yeah. considered that election day because you know after that pretty much everybody had made up their mind mm-hmm. uh, at that point so well that's great to hear that we, we we feel like we're doing everything to secure the rutherford county election office uh, we feel like we've made it very easy to vote here. So so when you get in the election commission meetings with these three Republicans, Carolyn, and you and Miss Judy Whitehill are there, are you guys duking it out? Are you just, are these, <laughs> <laughs> are we having ideological arguments? I don't think that's Absolutely happening. Absolutely not. No, yeah. you know, one of the, there's, the system really is well, and and we all get along. Yeah. And if there is an opportunity where we disagree, we really do take the time to talk about it, discuss it, 
um, and really work together to make this thing work. Now, and and that's what's so important. Yeah, and that's the whole point and purpose of this podcast is showing just another example at our local election office about how the people that are from both parties, the people that don't belong to any party, can all work together to make Rutherford County in the United States and the state of Tennessee a better place to, to live. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, so with all of this, um, is there anything else on the Election Commission? that The security issue, I think, is what has everybody thinking, Carolyn, because um, our election office, mm-hmm. along with every other county's election offices, basically they're standalone against any cyber attack. Is that is that a fair assessment? I mean, th- there's no one going to rush to the rescue if someone hacks the Rutherford County Election Department. I mean, that's a fair assessment. However, there are checks and balances in place. Okay. Um, you know, we look at new technology all the time just to make sure that, that we choose machines that are effective for everybody and that works well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we have an issue. I'm, I'm, I can certainly say that um, here in Rutherford County, the machines that we use are, you know, we've got people that that um, work with them to make sure that they're operating properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there are checks and balances to make sure that we don't have issues. So I think that here in Rutherford County, we are okay great. when it comes to security mm-hmm. and our actual elections. That's great to hear. I know the citizens will appreciate that. I know that the representatives from everywhere on the Election Commission are the people with the highest level of integrity. That's why they yes. were put in that. Carolyn, that's why you were put in that position, yes. because uh, your peers know that that uh, Carolyn Cox knows the difference between right and wrong. Absolutely. Judy and I are not going to let anything get past us. I I, I think we're okay. (laughs) Absolutely. I I have no doubt about that. So, well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about what's going on in Washington. Carolyn, what do you think about uh, this mess up in Washington right now? Uh, Do you have an opinion on any of that? Is it is it fair to ask you as a member of the Election Commission? Is you have an opinion? You're a citizen. You know, as as an Election Commissioner, yes, I do have an opinion, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to personally keep my opinion to myself however okay i think that people that are watching Mm -hmm. and that are really paying attention know exactly what's going on and they can make very informed decisions for themselves i believe so too so so you believe in the american people absolutely yeah i do too carolyn and i think that no matter where you fall on the impeachment issue that's gonna know that's dominating everything right now um but I, but I do believe, trust the American people to uh, disseminate the information on their own and to make the right decision uh, at the end of the day. So, and we may all disagree on what that may be, but, uh, but, um, but anyway, I, I agree with you completely on that. So let's talk about uh, uh, what, you, as, the, as, on the election, as an election commissioner, um, I'm sure that folks talk to you about voting, but what other issues locally here in Rutherford County do you hear people talking about what this county government needs or the city government needs or the state government? What What's the number one issue out there on people's mind, Carolyn, if you had to take a stab at it? You know, if I had to take a stab at it, it would be infrastructure. Yeah. You know, I am one exit from my house. Mm. And when, when it takes me... 
four light cycles to make a left-hand turn. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, we again, we are growing by leaps and bounds. Right. Uh, there are lots of opportunities. I mean, I think we've done a good job at some of the changes that we've made to accommodate the people. Mm-hmm. However, there's still lots of work to do in that arena. I agree. I, I've said from the for, for five years now, well, I've said it longer than that, but the biggest issue in, I believe, is infrastructure. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, people, A lot of people say we can't build our way out of this, mm. um, but uh, but we're going to have to mm-hmm. in many cases. I, I mean, you were talking about we still have county roads and some state highways that are 30 or 40 years in age, mm-hmm. and uh, folks know where they are in town. And uh, what else is it? Is it water? Is it the trash? Is it what else do you hear out there, Carolyn? You know, um, again, infrastructure is the biggest one, yep. um, and the one thing that is near and dear to me is the greenway. The greenway. You know, I yes. am a walker. Yeah, I, I absolutely love being able being outside. Right, and. I'm concerned about uh, some of the opportunity that's there and some of the space that, you know, they're possibly eliminating. That's one of the things that I'm simply going to be watching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to me because that's just simply what I like to do. And I mean, and I moved to Murfreesboro to enjoy all of the borough. The quality of life here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Where did you grow up, Carolyn? I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, well, I originally... I was born and raised in Denver, but I lived in Memphis for a while. Okay. And my family's in, most of my family is in Memphis in now. In Memphis, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. But but the Greenway is one of your, uh, lots of people here, thousands of people uh, use the Greenway, and it adds to the quality of life here. Correct. And we can thank Congressman Bart Gordon, former Congressman Bart Gordon is the one that got all of that started. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, the current the current congressman is opposed to the Greenway, just so everyone knows. But but I think that a lot of people in Rutherford County uh, really enjoy that, and it adds to the quality of life. Absolutely. Yeah, well, great. Um, what's going on with the Democrats? Democrats going to get it together, Carolyn? Are they going to be able to pick a, a nominee that can even compete with Trump? You know what? Uh, we've got some great candidates out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you... Listen to the polling, and if you pay attention to the polling, I think that just about every candidate that we have can compete with Trump. Okay. Again, register to vote. Yeah. Exercise your right. Mm Mm-hmm. So beyond that, beyond the impeachment stuff, is there anything that you think that the country is – is it the debt? Is it war in the Middle East? What Do you see any Mm -hmm. big issues out there? You know, again, so many times the issues that people have are the things that are personal to them. Right. Um, You know, and I saw our president give that huge tax cut to corporations. And at the end of the day, that money did not trickle down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And American citizens are hurting. The, the, The cost of living is rising and paychecks are not necessarily going up in order to be able to effectively deal with that you know when you've got people that are having to work two and three jobs that is a problem 
It certainly makes the employment numbers look good, though, it doesn't does, it? It does, yeah. doesn't it? I saw a, um, a thing, a stat the other day. It was somewhere around 48% of the people employed are making less than $35,000 a year in the country. So, you know, we hear a lot of folks, a lot of braggadocious about uh, about everyone's working, you know. Right. But, um, but, you know, it, the wages are just not livable wages in and, most cases. Exactly. And when you look at Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember being here as a college student and my, my rent was $500 a month. You know, um, it's not a kid that's in college that, or right out of college is going to spend $1,200 just to have a decent place to live. Right. And that's just rent. Yeah. You know, and when you're sitting there and you're making eight, ten, or even twelve dollars an hour, that just doesn't compute. So you've got folks out there that are having to take on right. those extra jobs as Lyft drivers or, you know, working for Grubhub or what have you, mm-hmm. just to be able to pay the rent at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. It, it really is. And I don't know uh, if there's a a, a government way to mm-hmm. fix that. I think it's really in the hearts of the business owners and the corporations. I, I saw a thing the other day where a corporation blew away their uh, goals for the year and they uh, gave a bonus out of $10 million to yes. all of their employees. And so yeah, I promise you those employees are loyal employees now if they Absolutely. weren't before. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing. If you pay individuals a living wage Mm -hmm. and you do you you know I'm you know as a someone who works in production and and it's all about efficiency when you're getting those things done let's reward those individuals at the end of the year or or at Christmas or what have you that does not always happen yes and while companies are busy spending a lot of those funds in technology or um, you know, buying additional assets. Right. Your employee is an asset as well. Yes. Let's take care of them. The the best asset. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. I would think. You brought up technology, Carolyn, and 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 you're very familiar in logistics mm-hmm. uh, due to your profession. That's basically what you do is logistics. And right. how is uh, we on some of the previous podcasts we talked about artificial intelligence. We talked about technology and the displacement of future workers. Mm-hmm. How is technology? going to impact your business? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, in with what we do, technology will actually help us. Okay. Um, it, it will help us be more efficient due to the different types of technologies that we're putting inside the trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it will reduce the necessity for a lot of training mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. So when it comes to efficiency and productivity, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, technology, when you look at trucks and fueling and, and, and vehicles being more efficient, I think that that's a great help. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the people part of it, you, you have to have that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they've got drones that are delivering packages and we've got um, little bots that are doing certain things for us and i think that that's really cute Mm -hmm. um and i mean that may very well be the wave of the future but Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. um the industry needs us 
and uh, we will see what the future holds. Right, right. Well, and that was one of the best ideas I've heard on that. You know, um, in order to attract businesses to a community, there's a lot of giveaways to corporations. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned the, the giant federal giveaway that right. happened last year, but there's a giveaway uh, to get them to come here. Mm-hmm. For example, the Costco that's coming. There was a tax abatement for the Costco that was coming. And um, I think that one of the best ideas that I've heard, uh, Mr. you know Andy Dickey, he mm-hmm. came up with this one, uh, in evaluating businesses that may want to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to give them an incentive like a tax break, there should be some sort of technology threshold. In other words, if you bring, if you tell me you're going to create 500 jobs here, but you don't tell me that in five years that 400 of those jobs are going to be replaced by a robot, right? there should be some gauge on gauging the impact of technology. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are often times when I go to the store and I want a cashier. Yeah. Because they've got families. Mm-hmm. The serve yourself doesn't have a family to feed. Right. So I make sure that I actually go to someone who can actually service me. And, you know, in you know, and in my humble opinion, I think that that helps them to keep their job. Yeah. Well, I, I know that's funny, but but Shelly still makes fun of me for going into the bank. <laughs> I will literally go transact in the bank mm-hmm. or because to, for the very same point. I guess we're just old fashioned, Carolyn, but you're right. By us calling on those brick and mortar businesses, we're keeping people employed. Yes. And, and doing our part to do that. So Absolutely. What, do you see, uh, what about these driverless trucks? Have you seen any of that on these? Uh, do you think that the future of your industry may involve uh, driverless trucks? You know, that actually scares the heck out of me, Um, only because I don't trust the technology. Right. But that's just me. Um, But at the end of the day, while the truck might be driverless, someone still has to get out of the truck and deliver that package. So I'm hoping that, you know, while... When you talk about technology, maybe that'll make us safer on the roads when when I decide that that's a good thing. (laughs) Right, right. I'm with you. I don't want to get into a car that no one's driving right now. Exactly. But at the end of the day, I think that that people aspect is still just so important. I do, too. And and people will still have to maintain this. But but I am convinced that in 15 years, the transportation business is going to be completely transformed by automated cars. Oh, absolutely. I, I really do. And I think that... Uh, a lot of our plans that we may be making now really doesn't take that into account. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should start thinking about that a little bit more when we're planning for the future so much. Absolutely. So. And I tell you, um, on my job, I am what's called a change agent for things that are happening within the future. Yes. So, you know, we've got that big picture and what does this look like? Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff out there that's some great stuff that's coming, some things that are in, you know, the 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 planning and all mm-hmm. that kind of sta- stage. So, innovation and doing things differently will definitely play a part and, you know, I'm just hoping to be around to see what all that looks like. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Uh, good Lord willing. Well, I'll tell you, Carolyn, let's circle that back to elections now okay. and technology with elections. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if we could vote from home? That would be awesome. 
That would be all. I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, just like um, it's easy to register to vote, mm-hmm. why not make it easy in order to do that? But again, when you talk about cybersecurity yes. and all of those things, if right. we can if we can get those things in place and know that that vote will count and there's no interference in that process, right? then I think that that is definitely the, the, the thing of the future. I, I, I agree. I, the blockchain technology, that the Bitcoin, I don't know if you're familiar with Bitcoin, yes. but it's called a blockchain technology, mm-hmm. and that same technology could be employed in the voting system to where each vote would be unique, mm-hmm. it would have its own unique algorithm that, mm-hmm. you know, that everybody would be able to identify, <laughs> but it still makes a lot of folks nervous. Uh, we had Hooper on, Hooper Penn who's a former Rutherford County election commissioner for, okay. for some time. And Hooper, um, you know, I talked about this with him a long time ago. Hooper has come full circle. Hooper's back to paper ballots. What do you think about paper ballots, Carolyn? Just write it on a piece of paper. I know, sir. Okay. <laughs> and tell me why. Because of counting? Because um, it would take so long? Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't – We def- I, I think people love the fact that they – Pretty much know what's going to happen at the end of the at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, if you go back to paper ballots, we're talking it may be weeks. a week. Yeah. yeah. In order to. Okay. With the way that we do things, come on now. We no. we want yeah. our package the very next day, and some days we can get it the same day. Right. I want to know who the winner is by the end of the night. Right. So that is the big that is the biggest uh, argument against paper ballots is the time that it would take to to count those ballots, all of the people that would be involved and right. all of the uh, possible lapses of security that can occur. Yeah. We've all heard the stories about ballot boxes vanishing into mm-hmm. the river on its way to the office, right. you know, uh, from certain counties, you mm-hmm. know. And we're not even going to talk about those hanging chads and the and hanging chads of, of 2000. That's no. exactly right. That's that was a mess too, but you know. Th- so I think the answer to that is technology. Mm-hmm. But but here's what I saw as a congressional guy, Carolyn Rutherford County. We, we're very up to speed. Mm-hmm. But some of these other poor counties, they're still very much in 1965. Right. And the it would take a massive effort to bring the technology to the small rural counties of Tennessee. You know what? And that, again, you know, when we we talked about infrastructure earlier. Yes. Those rural counties and the things that are happening with them is a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, I think that if we all really work, if we do what we're supposed to do, let's go to the polls and let's elect some people that are going to help us with those, with the infrastructure, with the technology in those rural areas. It will take an individual to make a difference, and in order to get that individual that's going to make a difference, we got to go to the polls and vote. We got, we got to do that. Absolutely. Great point, Carolyn. Carolyn, let me ask you about another issue here in Rutherford County I know that you're familiar with, and it came up in the uh, city council meeting. Uh, Vice Mayor Madeline Scales brought this up regarding the sale of the electric department that's pending, but she wanted some of the money donated to the homeless situation here in Rutherford County. Uh, from your NAACP hat or your election commission hat or just Carolyn Cox hat, what do you see with the homeless issue here in Rutherford County? Um, do you agree with Vice Mayor Scales on that issue? You know, there are so many things that we can do for the homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely not a bad option. 
and we've got to look at other options and other opportunities that are out there in order to not only help our homeless, but to help those individuals that are less fortunate, that are underserved. Um, there's work to do, and I think that there's lots of money here in Rutherford County where we can truly make a difference and make an impact, but people have to make a concerted effort to actually do something about it. Yeah, and there are lots of several good organizations out there that are trying. This, this, as we continue to grow, we continue to see this issue become more and more prevalent. Absolutely. And, um, absolutely. Well, Carolyn, it's been a great interview uh, and, and a great time talking to you today. I think my audience understands why I'm, why I'm trying to encourage this lady to one day run for public office. I'd love to see you run one day, Carolyn. I think you'd be make a fantastic uh, official, elected official, I'm, and congratulations on your new uh, spot with the Election Commission. Well, thank you so very much. Anything else you'd like to add today? Well, you know, uh, like you said, I do wear many hats, yeah. um, and yeah. we've got a couple of things that are actually going on here in December, okay. as well as in January. Yeah, please promote your events. All right. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you about the first event that we've got going on. I am a um, member of the Pyramid Foundation. Okay. And that is a group of young ladies who we really focus on the underserved um, and mental health within. Rutherford County and Davidson County as well. So very we locally focused. Very local and focused. We are uh -huh. having a New Year's Eve party. Okay. At the DoubleTree. Oh, wow. So it's okay. called Shimmer and Shine. Okay. So we are definitely doing that. We would invite everyone to come out and celebrate with us, bring in the new year, and help us help others. Wonderful. Where can they find that information at, Carolyn? They can find that information. It's uh, Shimmer and Shine. Is we basically we've got an event right that mm -hmm. they can actually get tickets from, um, and we are definitely on Facebook, so they can uh, reach out to us in that manner as well. And then, of course, with the NAACP, we will be having our MLK breakfast in January. So that's in January, right? Yes, yes, yes. So we celebrate humanitarians. Um, and we have some great people that, you know, we always celebrate our police, our fire, our emergency folks, and there is always a humanitarian award that gives out. So it's great for the community, um, and it helps us in our funding with our scholarships and things of that nature. And it's just a wonderful event. My favorite part of that event mm -hmm. is Pastor Whitmore. Yes. Uh, as he uh, recites Martin Luther King. Yes. He sounds just like him. Yes, he does. He does a great job. And I, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this. A, a Pastor Whitmore was my son's basketball coach for many years. Oh, we, wow. we have a history. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he is just a, the most wonderful human being. He is always very similar to you, smiling and positive about the future. Well, thank you. Well, no, thank you, Carolyn. And thank you for the hard work that you're doing for this community. Is there anything, anything else you'd like to promote while you're here? Get out and vote. Get out and vote, folks. Let's show those Russians that they don't control this country. That's what I say. And uh, let's if we show up, there's no way they can prevent the, the outcome Absolutely. if we show up at masses. There you go. Thank you, Carolyn, for joining us today on Thank The Man you. in the Middle. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. I'm Stephen Reynolds, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to episode 14 of the Man in the Middle podcast. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host. Once again, we would like to thank our guest today, Ms. Carolyn Cox, for that great interview about all of the good things that the Rutherford County Election Commission is doing out there to make it easy for you to vote in the next three elections. Really, we've got a presidential primary in March, we have a regular primary in August, and then we will have a general election next November. And it's coming up on us fast, folks. Remember, the only way that we can defeat all of the nation states that are trying to influence our country and trying to make us fight each other and hate our elected officials and divide our country, there's one sure fire way that we can show these folks in the other parts of the world that our democracy is strong, and that's to show up and vote. Thanks for joining us again. Episode 14 of the Man in the Middle podcast. I'm Stephen Reynolds. I'll see you next week. Yeah!